Greetings, this is podcast number 91 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. Today, we'll listen to Bill O'Reilly explain to us why world public opinion opposes the Bush administration's foreign policy. The reason is Rosie O'Donnell. O'Reilly's propaganda is part of a concerted effort by the right-wing fog machine to divert attention from the disaster in Iraq and pin the blame elsewhere. You're going to laugh and shake your head in disbelief. Maybe it'll also make you want to cry. Let's get right into it. My sources are FoxNews.com, the International Herald Tribune, the Pew Research Center, the British newspaper The Guardian, Interpress Service, CommonDreams.org, Wikipedia, the Toronto Star, InformationClearinghouse.com, and Answers.com. Usually when I want you to hear something O'Reilly said, I'll excerpt from his opening of the show Talking Points Memo or a later segment of a show, just those particular 20 to 40 seconds at issue. But here, it's different. Sure, there's a critical 20 to 40 seconds, but it's important to hear this entire Talking Points Memo. Only that way will you get an idea of the multi-layered goulash of illogic, non-sequiturs, defamation and calumny that he consistently spews out. It just has to be heard to be believed. So here is O'Reilly's rant in all its unedited glory. Caution, you are about to enter the no-spin zone. The factor begins right now. Hi, I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks for watching us tonight. Helping the enemy, that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points Memo. It is day 11 in the Iran hostage situation. A country has humiliated the 15 British service people they kidnapped, and the world really doesn't care. That's because, somewhat incredibly, the USA and Great Britain are looked upon by many as the major threats in the world, not the Islamic fascists. Here in America, the far-left extremists are running wild. Over the past few days, I've interviewed a number of radicals on the factory, so you could see just how far out they really are. John Yoo, one of the top lawyers of George Bush's administration, said in a public debate that George Bush has the right to torture somebody, including, I quote, by crushing the testicles of their small child in front of them. I think that what we have done in the Middle East, we have been our worst enemy. We're creating more and more enemies every single day. So there we was provoked no justification. Iran. We provoked them. Absolutely. We, look at what we did in Iraq. But interesting, with the British sailors, there were 15 British sailors and Marines who apparently went into uh, Iranian waters and they were seized by the Iranians. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have one thing to say, Gulf of Tonkin. Google it. Well, Ms. O'Donnell and her radical pals are basically telling the world the USA is a criminal nation and that no matter what provocations are lodged by Iran and others, it will always be America's fault. This is grossly irresponsible and flat-out dangerous, but believe me when I tell you that millions of people all over the world are buying this garbage. A new poll in Germany, for example, asks who's the biggest threat to world peace, the USA or Iran? 48% of Germans said the USA, 31% Iran. Incredible. 
O'Donnell and actor Charlie Sheen are also peddling the 9-11 conspiracy theory that the attack on the World Trade Center was an inside job. Never mind that nonsense has been debunked by popular mechanics using scientific evidence that is beyond dispute. O'Donnell and Sheen are in it because they hate Bush, not because of any truth-seeking. Today's Investor's Business Daily newspaper labeled Miss O'Donnell Tokyo Rosie, editorializing that her anti-American propaganda has reached hysterical levels. Now, Miss O'Donnell isn't smart enough to realize that while she is demeaning her own country, the one she's hurting most is herself and the company that pays her, ABC. Americans always turn away from haters, always. And that's what Miss O'Donnell has become. Summing up the radical left has to be held accountable because it's distorting the truth, putting American military people in even more jeopardy abroad, and even intimidating politicians like John Edwards and Bill Richardson. This is a group that has now burrowed on to the mainstream stage and is doing damage. And that's the memo. If your mind is spinning, don't worry. Anyone with a rational thought process and even a minimal command of the facts at issue would be hard-pressed to make sense of O'Reilly's verbiage. My first reaction is, like yours may well be, to simply mock O'Reilly. Here's my such take on it from the Blast the Right Live call-in show the night O'Reilly gave that Talking Points memo. You know what he said tonight? I just got to throw this out there before the show's over. I got this audio clip, and I'll probably put it in the other podcast. You know how they always, the right-wingers, they always blame the media. They don't blame what's happening in Iraq. They say it's the media's fault what's happening in Iraq. So what O'Reilly did is, he said, you know, uh, in Germany they just took a poll and 48% of the people think we're a bigger danger to world peace than Iraq, than Iran, which only comes out at 41%. Or those were, that was approximately the spread. And he said the reason is, and you know what the reason was? Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Because Rosie O'Donnell has been saying that we're doing lousy stuff in Iraq. And Bill O'Reilly says, well, the world listens to her and they pay attention. So it's like, yeah, in Germany, all the national networks in Germany have like a direct line to Rosie's mic. And as soon as she says something, they stop all broadcasts in Germany and go in with a bullet. And Rosie O'Donnell just said, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? So he's, he's admitting... Rosie O'Donnell's got more listeners than he does? Right. She, she controls German public opinion. Oh, my. It's like uh, the Germans, you know, they, they think we're doing wonderful things in Iraq. They think our secret, you know, our chain of secret torture prisons run by the CIA is just terrific. They think Abu Ghraib is just dandy. But what happened was they listened to Rosie, and they changed their mind. And that's why Germany thinks we're a bigger danger to world peace than Iran. And in fact, I mentioned this in another podcast, the whole world thinks that. Exactly. The whole world thinks that, not just Germany. So Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell controls the world. Did you, I didn't know that, but that's, she has a lot of power, that woman. Let's get our facts straight. Exactly what is this anti-U.S. foreign policy world public opinion O'Reilly is talking about? What's got his dander up? In June of last year, the Pew Research Center polled 17,000 people in 15 countries. Here's what they found, quote, George Bush's six years in office have so damaged the image of the U.S. that people worldwide see Washington as a bigger threat to world peace than Tehran, according to a global poll. Repeat, people worldwide see Washington as a bigger threat to world peace than Tehran. The poll found more people concerned about the U.S. presence in Iraq than about Iran's alleged nuclear weapons ambitions. The Pew Center said, quote, 
Despite growing concern over Iran's nuclear ambitions, the U.S. presence in Iraq is cited at least as often as Iran, and in many countries much more often as a danger to world peace. Close quote. Check out some of these numbers. The question is, who's a bigger danger to world peace, the U.S. and Iraq or Iran? As you would expect, in Muslim countries, the numbers are overwhelmingly against us, even in our supposedly strong allies, Egypt and Turkey. In Egypt, 56% said the U.S. is a danger, only 14% Iran. Turkey was similar, 60-16%. to 16%. Russia might not be a surprise either, 45-20%. to 20%. But even among our NATO allies in Western Europe, we're seen as a bigger danger, 36-31 to 31 in France, even more so, 41-34 to 34 in our biggest ally of all, Britain, and a whopping 56-38% to 38% in Spain. Interestingly, in this poll from June 2006, only in Germany did people feel Iran was a bigger threat by 51 to 40 percent. This poll also asked a general question about a person's overall opinion of the United States. The results are not good. Quote, the survey carried out annually shows a continued decline in support for the U.S. since 1999. Close quote. Bush has destroyed the U.S. reputation that was built up over decades, quote. The U.S. image for most of the 20th century has been relatively positive, being regularly identified with democracy, human rights, and openness, in spite of criticism from the left, which reached a height during the Vietnam War, and a residual suspicion in the Muslim world, close quote. Now, progressives know we don't really deserve all that much identification with democracy, human rights, and openness, given our support, if not outright installation, of dictators all over the third world. But we're talking about people's perceptions here. How bad are the numbers? Quote, Even in the UK, Washington's closest ally, favorable ratings have slumped from 83% in 1999 to 56% this year. The pattern is similar in France, down from 62 to 39 Germany 78 to 37, and Spain 50 to 23 percent. In Muslim countries with which the U.S. has traditionally enjoyed a good relationship, such as Turkey, a member of NATO, and Indonesia, there have also been slumps. In Indonesia, favorable ratings for the U.S. have dropped from 75 to 30 percent, and in Turkey from 52 to 12 percent. Close quote. And O'Reilly blames this on Rosie O'Donnell. Now, Remember that what O'Reilly specifically referred to in his Talking Points memo was German public opinion. But in the June 2006 poll, Iran was thought to be more dangerous than the U.S. by 51 to 40 percent of the German people. The poll O'Reilly referred to was done last month, in March of 2007, eight months later, by the German news magazine Stern. The 51 to 40 margin in favor of the U.S. eight months ago flipped to 48 to 31 percent, not the 41 percent I mistakenly said in the live show, 48 to 31 percent viewing the U.S. as more a danger to world peace than Iran. Why the change against the United States in German public opinion over the last eight months? That's obvious. Rosie started speaking up. It's not the worsening carnage in Iraq, not the Bush administration's ignoring the November election's mandate to end the war and proceeding to do the exact opposite, escalate it. Not the new Iraqi oil law, which would largely transfer control of and profits from Iraq's oil over to Western multinational energy companies. 
and German public opinion was certainly not swayed by the fact that the governments of Germany and Italy have felt the need to start proceedings to charge CIA agents with kidnapping. No, it's not any of that. It's Rosie. Yup, Bill. And wait a minute. Back in June 06, when the other countries besides Germany already thought the U.S. was the worst danger, Rosie hadn't even been speaking up yet. That must be, oh, Sean Penn's fault. He's another favorite O'Reilly target. All the rest of the countries back in June of 06 must have been listening to Sean Penn. Those countries back then weren't upset about hundreds of thousands of dead Iraqis, nor about the U.S. building its largest embassy in the world in Iraq, nor about the U.S. building what are in all but name permanent military bases in Iraq. Those nations didn't take it as a serious problem that the world's hyperpower had launched an unprovoked, illegal, and immoral war against a nation that threatened it not a whit. So thank goodness for Germany, the Hollywood world opinion makers have a deep bench to set it straight. Back in June 06, Germany didn't believe Sean Penn for some reason, so Rosie stepped up to the plate. Germans had to hear Rosie before they would believe the U.S. was on a dangerous foreign policy course. Apparently, the efforts of these Tinseltown Pied Pipers are continuing to have their nefarious effect. A new poll published just last week asked the citizens of 15 countries whether, quote, the U.S. should continue to be the preeminent world leader in solving international problems, close quote. All 15 countries rejected the idea. The poll also asked whether Washington is, quote, playing the role of world policemen more than it should, close quote. The publics of 13 of 15 countries agreed. France 89%, Australia 80%, China 77%, Russia 76%, Peru 76%, Palestinian territory 74%, and South Korea 73%. Now, I don't know if O'Reilly saw this latest April poll. He didn't mention it when later last week he reiterated his charge about how American haters such as Rosie O'Donnell are poisoning world public opinion. In Dublin, Ireland, where I was last week, I was struck by how some in the foreign press actually parrot what these anti-American websites are spitting out. So the American haters are indeed doing what they want to do, damaging this country. Later that same show, he felt compelled to repeat. I'm living in the real sites. world. One of the reasons we're hated around the world is propaganda, and the propaganda it's is taken from do, our own people. From our own people. Notice, however, that O'Reilly changed to one of the reasons we're hated. So it's not all because of Rosie? Bill, you've got to clarify all this one of these days. I'd like to add in here that, besides blaming Hollywood types, O'Reilly isn't afraid to ridiculously mischaracterize certain mainstream media outlets. Listen to this. We are being lied to on a daily basis by the media as far-left fanatics have assumed power in places like NBC News and the New York Times. How far to the right do you have to be to consider the New York Times a far-left fanatic-controlled newspaper? My goodness! The New York Times played a key role in advancing the case for the Iraq War by publishing as fact Judith Miller's fantasy pieces about Iraqi WMD. After the break, more O'Reilly insanity. Left, the right, the right. 
flat, flat, the right, the right. Your one-minute voting report. Thank you for voting for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley. Since last week, we jumped from number 11 to number 6. I'm energized. We're only a couple of votes away from number 5 or even number 4. Let's fly the progressive flag ever higher. So to you, the until now reluctant voter who hasn't yet cast your ballot, I ask, what are the magic words to induce you to vote? Let me make you an offer I think you should accept. You get two hours a month of a podcast you like to listen to, and all I ask in return is 10 seconds of your time once a month to vote for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley. You can vote from the one-click link on the podcast homepage. Two hours for 10 seconds. You could even go vote right now if you want to. Deal? Cool. O'Reilly's desperate attempt to get his audience to focus on Rosie O'Donnell or the fanatical left-wingers of the New York Times and not on the ghastly goings-on in Iraq recalls to mind the typical right-wing tactic, blame outside agitators. In the civil rights era, Martin Luther King was denounced as an outside agitator stirring up trouble. Segregation and racial injustice weren't the issues to be discussed. It was the bad, bad Martin Luther King. He was putting bad ideas in the heads of the African-American community. During the same period with the Vietnam War, it was the Russians who were behind the North Vietnamese and the Viet Cong. It had nothing to do with the decades-long struggle of the Vietnamese people to expel foreign colonial occupiers and their successors. It was the bad, bad Russians inducing the Vietnamese to fight against the honorable, noble United States. Same thing a decade or so later in Central America. It was those outside agitators, the Russians, who were stirring up the campesinos in the countryside to seek the overthrow of U.S.-backed dictatorships. Certainly, no African-American could recognize and want to end the racial injustice he or she lived under. Certainly no Vietnamese could ever on their own have a desire to oust foreign occupiers. Certainly no Central American peasant could on their own want to remove the oligarchies which were causing massive starvation and death in their lands. And of course, certainly no world citizen today could objectively analyze U.S. actions around the world, especially in Iraq, and come to the conclusion that Bush's policies must be opposed. Here are the key words to me in O'Reilly's Talking Points memo. Believe me when I tell you that millions of people all over the world are buying this garbage. Essentially, O'Reilly thinks if someone comes to a conclusion he doesn't like, that person must be buying something from someone. They couldn't have come up with that conclusion on their own by observing the real-life situation on the ground. Especially if a foreigner believes something. They have to hear it from an outsider, an American, to believe something can be true, or even to have that thought in the first place. It's O'Reilly's ugly expression of the ugly American superiority complex. Can't O'Reilly understand? Rosie O'Donnell has simply come to the same conclusion as 48% of the German public. One has nothing to do with the other. They both saw a common set of facts and based logical conclusions thereon. A process foreign to O'Reilly's thought process, which sees the facts it wants to see in order to support an ideological predetermined conclusion. All this would be just funny were it not for two facts. 
One, O'Reilly is making one of the most serious charges you can level at people, charging that Rosie and the others are not only America haters, but they're helping the enemy. Helping the enemy is treason, a federal crime punishable by death. And second, I know that a wide swath of O'Reilly's audience is buying his phony analysis. But not, thank goodness, foreign audiences. By the way, remember in his talking points where O'Reilly played the clip of the woman talking about crushing a child's testicles? O'Reilly seemed to think the woman's claim was ludicrous. Sorry, Bill. Listen to this. It's from a debate between Notre Dame Law School professor Doug Castle and John Woo, the torture memo big shot Justice Department lawyer in the Bush administration. If the president deems that he's got to torture somebody, including by crushing the testicles of the person's child, there is no law that can stop that. No treaty. No, and then also no law by Congress. That's what you wrote in the August 2002 memo. I think it depends on why the president thinks he needs to do that. I think it depends on why the president thinks he needs to do that? My God, if a top lawyer for the leader of any other country said such a thing, would you not immediately begin to despise that nation's leader? Maybe this is a reason they hate us as well? I've actually thought O'Reilly himself creates anti-American feelings around the world. Citizens of other nations listening to this smug know-it-all spewing distortions, lies, and half-truths cannot come away with a favorable impression of Americans. In fact, from my email, I can tell you that Rosie and others speaking out against Bush's Iraq War and other foreign policy atrocities actually helps the U.S. image abroad and reduces anti-American sentiment. People from other countries write to me and say they're so glad to see that not all Americans support Bush and that there's active opposition. This way the people in other countries limit their disapproval to George W. Bush and don't extend it to the United States as a whole. Before we close, let's expand the frame a bit. That April poll asked about the U.S. being the world's policeman. Policeman is the wrong word to use. Racketeer would be the more appropriate label. Have you ever heard of Smedley Butler? I know, it sounds like the name of a character in a Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon. But no, he was real, as real as you can get. Smedley Butler was a major general in the U.S. Marine Corps in the early 1900s. In his 33-year military career, he became one of, if not the most, decorated major generals in Marine Corps history. He was awarded two Congressional Medals of Honor. And he wrote a little book called War is a Racket, which opened with the following lines, quote, War is a racket, it always has been, close quote. His most famous words are perhaps those he uttered in a 1933 speech, quote, I was a high-class muscle man for big business, for Wall Street and for the bankers. In short, I was a racketeer, a gangster for capitalism. I helped make Mexico, especially Tampico, safe for American oil interests in 1914. I helped make Haiti and Cuba a decent place for the National City Bank boys to collect revenues in. I helped in the raping of a half dozen Central American republics for the benefit of Wall Street. The record of racketeering is long. I helped purify Nicaragua for the International Banking House of Brown Brothers in 1909 to 1912. I brought light to the Dominican Republic for American sugar interests in 1916. In China, I helped to see to it that Standard Oil went its way unmolested. Close quote.
always back to the oil. As the proposed new Iraqi oil law proves, see podcast number 86, Bush's invasion of Iraq was to see to it that U.S. and other Western multinationals can once more go on their way in Iraq unmolested. And as Butler indicated, it's not just the oil. George Kennan in 1948 was head of planning at the U.S. State Department. He wrote in words which echo in more academic tones Smedley Butler's down and dirty prose, quote, We have about 60% of the world's wealth, but only 6.3% of its population. Our real task in the coming period will be to maintain this position of disparity. We need not deceive ourselves that we can afford the luxury of altruism and world benefaction. The day is not far off when we are going to have to deal in straight power concepts. The less we are hampered then by idealistic slogans, the better. Close quote. Kennan's wealth statistics are a bit outdated, but the principle he laid out to guide our foreign policy still is, I would suggest, the operative one. Our real task in the coming period will be to maintain this position of disparity. A similar principle, of course, guides internal domestic policy in the United States, with our not-quite-as-bad-as-worldwide, but still outrageous, inequitable distribution of income and wealth. The right wing's real task, despite all its blather about free markets, etc., etc., is to maintain our position of disparity. It's the Smedley-Butler-George-Kennan truth about American foreign policy that explains the growth of global anti-U.S. sentiment since George Bush took office, because that truth is becoming ever more evident to more and more people around the world. Neither O'Reilly nor any other right-wing ideologue would ever impart this type of information to their audiences. Let me close on this. David Halberstam was killed in a car crash earlier this week. He's most famous for his 1972 bestseller, The Best and the Brightest, a critical account of U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. In a speech last year, Halberstam said, in words directed at criticism of journalists, but applicable to O'Reilly's attack on actors, as well as O'Reilly's attacks on the New York Times, quote, the crueler the war gets, the crueler the attacks get on anybody who doesn't salute or play the game. And then one day, the people who are doing the attacking look around, and they've used up their credibility. Close quote. O'Reilly has certainly already far passed that point. It's up to us progressives to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until we can't repeat any more the truth so as to thoroughly discredit each and every remaining right-wing propagandist. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right and vote for Blast the Right at podcastalley.com. There's a one-click link to do each of those on the podcast homepage. You get to the podcast homepage by typing in Blast the Right in Google, and I'm the first result. A special shout-out to all you Live 365 and Red Dragon 365 listeners. Great to have you on board. Please consider coming over to the podcast homepage and subscribing for free. Then you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. And now a word from another progressive podcaster. This is GOP Exposed. Why did you lie to get us into a war that was not necessary and that has caused these kinds of casualties? Why? 
Well, first of all, I, I haven't lied. Colin Powell didn't lie. The president spent weeks and weeks with the Central Intelligence people. And he went to the American people and made a presentation. I'm not in the intelligence business. It appears that there were not weapons of mass destruction. You said you knew where they were. I did not. I said I knew where suspect sites were, and you we said, were just... You said you knew where they were, near Tikrit, uh, near Baghdad, and northeast, south, and west of there. Those are your words. My words... My words were that... No, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let him stay one second. Just a second. GOPExposed.com You're getting plenty of play, sir. I just like an honest answer. I'm giving it to you. Music credits. The break music was The Schnee Speaks by KG House, combined with the alternate Blast the Right theme by Nye's Music, and Not the One Blues by Bernsheet Thornside. We'll close on a lighter note with Clinton is to Blamo by The Freedom Toast. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Keep all that great email coming in. My address is rational at adelphia.net. You can also call in and leave a comment for me to play on Blast the Right. Dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. If you prefer, you can leave your comment on Skype. My name there is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all including all you right-wing misguided souls. (laughs) 